Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, Senate Bill 2145 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop Senate Bill 2145. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi Minute. That's right. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Azar. You are in a Mississippi Minute. My guest today, wow, uh, briefly, uh, we met on the tee box at the Frank Sinatra charity event in Palm Springs where uh, we were backed up a little bit and, and waiting. Uh, I stalked you. you. Yeah, you did. You stalked me. His wife, Liliana, were charming and engaging. <laughs> And so I asked them uh, right then and there uh, if they'd love to come to Mississippi to support our foundation's premier event, the Delta Soul, and he was that easy. Please welcome actor and really good, good guy, the pride of New Jersey, Richard Berge. Hello, Richard. Check it out, baby. Check it out. How are you, Stevie? Good to hear your voice, brother. Are you in uh, California right now at your house? I am in Orange County, California. Uh, I just came back from getting a little razor trimmer thingy electric dealy that whacked my beard back i grew a, a an old man beard i got uh you know about not an inch or so of white beard hmm. i'm doing a play so i i'm gonna i think i might go for just a mustache i'm not really sure yet huh. but, uh, i'm gonna do some manscaping this afternoon yeah yeah well that's always a good thing you know in mississippi there's not, not a lot of that going on so uh I'm, I'm like the only guy i think so it's good to uh you know all my farmer friends they always have a big check they always mark a box questioning all all that is me down here <laughs> they forget they forget who i hang out with when i'm not with them <laughs> so exactly. so what's going so talk to me about that you get you got you're in a you're going to do some theater i'm doing a great show called the graduate based on the movie they uh they wrote a book and uh, i guess the book then spawned the movie or vice versa i don't know the, the whole the whole origin but um then the play was written and then the play uh, has become a success, and uh, we're doing a version of it down in Laguna Beach uh, at the Laguna Playhouse with Melanie Griffith as Mrs. Rob. Oh, that's fantastic! So you're playing, <laughs> you're co-starring along her with her, right? It's... right. I'm not the uh, young buck uh, that she seduces. I'm uh, his father. Oh well, there you the go. The kid is a wonderful young actor, old enough to be my son, um, <clears throat> and probably <laughs> old enough to be my son's son. But he's, uh, he's a sweet kid, <laughs> and, uh, and it's, it's just a kick. You've road tripped yeah. down here quite a bit. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, yeah. you have been to every Delta Soul, maybe, but the first one. Right. 
Yeah, yeah. no, I've been blessed to be a part of that, man. I, you're doing such an amazing thing down there, and the group of people that, that are around your world are so fantastic. I'm a huge fan of Mississippi. I'm a Mississippi wannabe. Uh, I've got some peeps over in uh, Eupora and Walpole. Yeah. Uh, We've got talked a, about I got that. A, you know some some friends that are connected uh, from some dear folks out here in uh, Biloxi. A buddy of mine's uh, brother owns a, a gambling school. Wow, in Biloxi. So wow. Yeah, man, I'm I'm a I'm a Mississippi wannabe. Yeah, we've talked about that. We've talked about that for a long time, and it's amazing how the dots just get connected. It doesn't matter where you. Oh, it's where crazy. You. But the thing is, the missus has a hard time with the bugs. You know, the missus well, can't really. Well, yeah. She's not a. She got pounded last time. Yeah, yeah. Well, we send everybody home with some good bug bites, but uh, it's funny, you know, they, when when you guys come in, especially the wives. I think it must be the perfume or something. It's like, uh, but but when you guys leave, they leave us alone until you guys, you know. They, they, you guys are like fresh, fresh blood, and they like it. Fresh meat, man. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so, so Richard, get, get back to, get back to. Uh, we're talking to Richard Berge. Uh, a lot of friends call him Dick. I still call him Richard. Uh, has been in more soaps than we need to talk about, and and I want to talk to you about that. But I want to get back to your play real quick. So, your when does it start, and how long do those things usually go? Yeah, we just put up the uh, the play. Let's see, last Tuesday we started rehearsals, and, and it's going up uh, in previews. What they call the, the you know it's a full run and the audience and the whole thing. Right, February twentieth, and that'll run through the end of March. We just got extended. So typically, a lot of these equity playhouses will have month, month and a half, maybe three week runs, and this is. Uh, conforming to that sort of schedule it's amazing because it's melanie griffith she's a good draw and uh, right and uh you know it's a, it's a fun show so that's that's and, fantastic uh, well so so will you do... get her over the goal line yeah 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 so so what does that do with when if you're going to go do a soap or can you still do a tv show are you all in right now and focused on only that yeah, no, I have an out on this one. We did uh, 12 Angry Men uh, in October, and that was all-consuming, and I couldn't have been happier. But I got an out right now because it's pilot season. And um, last year, it came down to me and uh, another very good golfer for the uh, for the lead in uh, the remake of Dynasty. I didn't even know if it's still on the air. but So I'm around the puck, as they say. Yeah, I'm, yeah, well, you're always working. I'm, I'm in the game for these shows, and... Uh, I, the last thing I wanted to do, though, brother, was dynasty, uh, you know, and, and try and, uh, you know, step into John Forsythe's shoes. And, right. So anyway, that, God has a wonderful way of intervening, and I, I, I showed up, but I, I shot, kind of shot myself in the foot. Uh, which is a funny, long story. For well, we, that's time, what we, we have time. Uh, yeah. This is the talk show. We've got time, so we, I, I think our, our listeners would love to hear about it. So I did a show called Judging Amy. And, right. Uh, Amy Brenneman's husband is a pretty, you know, well-known director. And so he's directing this pilot of Dynasty, right? So the the remake. So he said, uh, you know, uh, Amy's husband's doing it and uh, uh, would you come in? So I went in and I read and uh, we hit it off. I hadn't seen him in a while. And so I just, what's called, uh, I, I read the sides. Where those are the things that are part of the script, excerpts from the script, that, right. you know, the scenes you're playing. So I, I never read the script. I read the sides. So <laughs> I go in and I do it, and they say, great, love them, come on. They bring me and this guy, Grant Show, who was on Melrose. Who's Play, been to the Delta Soul as well. Grant's been to the Delta Soul. Grant's been down there? Yeah. Yeah, Grant's a good guy. Yeah, he is a good guy. he's an old friend. We did a series together in in, in uh, San Diego, and he's a terrific golfer. I heard. 
Right, he's, pre- he's pretty good. Let's don't let's him. you know. Let's don't push it. But he's pretty good. <laughs> We're talking to you, baby. <laughs> I think you could take him. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think you could take most anybody because you no. got the mental game. You know, yeah, you well, take him down with that, with your mental game. So keep going. So keep going. So you're so Grant so, now is up for down so me the and road. Grant, I, we see each other. Yeah, we go into the CBS Radford where they film Seinfeld and Mary Tyler Moore and all these great great shows. There's right. still a ton of shows that are going on there right now. Classic old studio, wonderful feel. You go on a lot. You're going in front of all the big wigs at the network. And at this point, <clears throat> remember, I haven't read the script. Yeah, you've I done what I've done, which is read cliff know, notes. Or, yeah, so I get it. I get so it. I go in there with the head of the studio, head of the network, every, everybody. They, they put you in this cauldron that's the most un, unrealistic you know, scenario for, <laughs> for getting a job. You're sitting all alone, and you got this big room full of people. This was in a tiered room. You're, you're, you're reading with the casting director. Right. It's a static environment. Nobody's <laughs> moving. It's completely different from what you would do on the set. Right. And, and this is how they determine. And, Extremely know, inspirational, you're telling me, right? I'm there, I'm doing the scene, and then uh, we, de- we we stop, and then the director, you know, my buddy, he, he says uh, something like, uh, you know, um, play it a little more like uh, whatever, you know, you've got uh, nose hairs you got to pick out. I forget what he said. Right. And and uh, I said, great, well, I'm a little confused because there's, there's three characters, but I, I couldn't figure out my eye line here because the whole thing's being recorded mind you and uh and he said no this girl's playing both characters so i started to you know to riff a little bit i said oh yeah i might tell him i told him the truth they said well you know that's what happens when you don't read the script and, I said, <laughs> you know, and then i riff on that and i'm starting to dig my hole i said who needs a script really I mean, it's a little overrated I mean, the whole thing just gets and and the room went silent and yeah. I, like yeah. he's laughing nervously with me right <laughs> right he knows it's true yeah. and and, uh, yeah, I just I just pooped the bed, which was great because I told my manager and my agent I went in there kicking and screaming. It was you know I, I like going in auditions and doing these things, but the last thing I wanted to do was Dynasty. Right. Wait. Well, so you didn't even if even... it might have been a good paycheck. No, I didn't. I you know I I, I had a. I had an, ar- an arrangement with the Lord, and we had a. He, he helped just yeah. sort of put this whole thing to rest. <laughs> he has a way of doing that. You know Lord. that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I sure do, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Can't tell you the times I've asked for things and it just hadn't worked out. Talking to Richard Berge, otherwise uh, uh, known uh, in so many roles. Uh, I mean, if you if you watch soaps, which we're going to talk about a little later, because I want to talk to you about the difference in, in film and soaps, but yeah. One Life to Live, Another World. I remember as the world turns, Days of Our Lives. I mean, you have played roles in the big ones, and uh, and it's always great. I General Hospital. General Hospital. Oh, that's absolutely, absolutely right. And I've got stories of my own, how when I was back in the day and Luke and Laura were uh, trying to get together, my roommate roommate convinced me that that was the day. We would actually turn the lights off, turn Christopher Cross's Hey Laura on, because, you know, they they made you wait for a year or two that they were going to hook up. I remember, and I had an organic chemistry lab test that afternoon, and he talked me (laughs) out of not going. Which is another reason why I'm not an eye doctor today, which is a good thing. But uh, but uh, it was that day, believe it or not, and they met in the courtyard. I mean, I can't believe I'm sitting here saying this on the radio. I'm supposed to be a tough guy, you know, and write tough lyrics. And, exactly. But, yeah, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, it happened to oh, me. Oh, that's funny, brother. I fell into that's it. That's funny. I am with Richard Berge. Stand by. He's going to shave his beard for us, and, uh, and we're going to be right back. You are in a Mississippi Minute. Cause I'm the coach
What is it? Super Talk Mississippi, number one in the Magnolia State for news, weather, sports, and talk that matters to you. Don't you forget it. Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and supertalk.fm. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey everybody, I'm Steve Azar, and we are in a Mississippi Minute with the, the wonderful, wonderful, soulful actor, Richard Berge, and I uh, can't wait to see him again soon. I just was in Vegas with him, him and his wife, lovely wife Liliana, we had a great time, ate a lot of down, meals baby. together. Break it down. We broke it down. Mm, so we good. broke it down, yeah, but... Uh, we're gonna see each other pretty soon, but uh, and on the uh, on the the uh, celebrity golf tour that we <laughs> that we venture uh, and make our way to. But we're talking about uh, about your acting right now. I want to I want to go backwards a little bit. I want to go back in the mm. beginning because you were influenced. You know, with me, my parents didn't do anything in the entertainment business except my dad's dad owned all of the movie theaters in Greenville. At one point, I think mm. they had. Well, I think in their time. They ended up with five so you got to realize he was a teenager back in the 40s and there wasn't many middle people between hollywood and here so he loved the entertainment business and wound up you know of course uh opening went to notre dame from mississippi and then came went to the military the air force base at keesler made his way back he had this brainstorm of owning the first legal liquor store in mississippi which is called the jigger and jug and for me holy it was through osmosis that I learned how to write songs through the great blues legends like Eugene Powell hanging back out back there and little Milton hubbing in and out. And mm-hmm. so I got eaten up Cold with wanting out. to do it wow. by being around it. You mm-hmm. were in it. Your family was in it. Your, your folks were in it. Tell me about growing up <clears throat> in your family and the influence it had on where you are today. I went back east. You know, my sister just passed recently. Yeah, I know. And I'm, I'm so a, sorry uh, about that. Oh, bless you, bless you, and bless her soul. Uh, sweet, she's so sweet. So we saw some old Super 8 uh, movie footage that my brother had transferred to a DVD. And on that, we had this, this all these, these images, some wonderful luminaries. And one of them was Joe Walsh, who, uh, whose uh, mom played the piano for the New Jersey Ballet Company. Wow. Joe kind of grew up in my backyard. He wanted to be a football player. And, uh, you know, my dad threw the football to us on the front lawn. And <clears throat> but my dad had these jam sessions because my next-door neighbor thought about killing himself because his wife left him. And my dad said, you pick up an instrument, probably, hopefully the guitar, because you can get your arms around that thing, and learn how to play. So he became my Uncle Eddie over the years. So my Uncle Eddie played. My Uncle Eddie had a buddy who played the jazz accordion. And, uh, oh, and then my mom had a friend from high school that played the sax. So we had these great jazz jam sessions. And then Joe, uh, his family moved uh, to New Jersey from Kansas. And then he used to go up to the malt shop up and up in Montclair where I grew up. <clears throat> and uh, they used to hear the music. And my dad invited him in. And, you know, my dad was a military guy. But, uh, you know, he, he really wanted to mentor young men. And uh, Joe wanted to play football, as I said. But then Joe said, hey, my mom plays. She came over. They had these great parties. Joe's high school band uh, played in my backyard for uh, Fourth of July. I'm trying to picture brother. picture Joe Walsh from the Eagles playing football. What position? What did he play? Do you remember? 
He wanted to be a receiver. He's got he had big he got big hands. Yeah, oh yeah. And he was oh, yeah. you should see him in these Super Eight footage, uh, these, these these Super Eight movies. Man, he was in good shape. He was such a goofball boy. Holy yeah. cow! Yeah, yeah, still is. And he factors yeah. prominently. My my dad was one of these guys. You want to come over and swim in the pool, hang out, and have fun? You're gonna you're gonna <laughs> dig ditches. You're gonna move bricks. You're gonna whitewash the ball. You know, he was. I don't know how he did it. Man. He, he was. Yeah, he, I guess it was being a commander. Free labor. Maybe, I like but, that. Right, brother. He was no. He was no fool. Yeah. But, so yeah, and then my brother and his band. My dad, you know, was a drummer and uh, played a little bit of stand-up bass and a little piano. And so, you know, not very good at all of them, but uh, or any of them. But you know, a decent enough guy to get around and, and give us a, a little understanding of, uh, of of the of the basics. So, my brother uh, took lessons with the drummer that really started Joe Walsh's band, and that guy, you know, talk about crossroads. That guy was offered to play with the startup band in uh, the area, and he wanted to play drums. And he was an amazing drummer, kind of like David Garibaldi from mm-hmm. Tower Power, that kind of right. that, that, those kind of chops. And he was an amazing keyboard player and a singer. And this band <clears throat> offered him a gig as a singer and a keyboard player. And he said, "No, I want to pursue my career as a drummer." That band went on to become Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Come on. My, my brother has been making a living since he was 18 or 19. Right. And he's now playing with Billy Joel, recorded with, you know, so many wonderful players from, you know, Meatloaf to Rainbow to Hall & Oates, uh, uh, Enrique Iglesias. So he was doing the studio on. thing and then going on the road with him, right? Exactly. Like some, yeah, yeah, exactly. So my brother's phenomenal. My brother's phenomenal. So it's Chuck, and right? His, you're, you're talking about your brother Chuck. Chuck. Correct. Right, right, yeah. right. The lead guitarist from his band was so good. He was offered to play with the startup band because they used to play in the competitions around the area, you know, battle of bands and all that. This guy came from a conservative conservative family, and, mm-hmm. he, and, and he turned down this gig that he was offered to play uh, with this band that was starting up in the New York area because his mom and dad said, look, you know, you should go and get a degree, and he became a banker, and that band became Kiss. <laughs> so <laughs> the, he, the next incarnation was his beautiful brother, who played football and was kind of ostracized by a lot of the, you know, the, the, the athletes in the area that, uh, you know, were into soul music. And he was in this, this brother was into Hendrix. And he played with my brother in the band for a long time. And then a new, a startup band uh, was having auditions. And he went down and, and uh, got this gig with this new weird music uh, phenom uh, named Bob Marley. And <laughs> you so got he played with Bob. No, wow. his name is Al Anderson. You can look him up. He, he played with Bob Marley from uh, Natty Dread up until Bob's death, and he still played with, with the Whalers. So he was that versatile like as a as a player. I mean, just really just oh, always been cuckoo. able. That's a totally different trip, yeah. you know, than than Billy cuckoo Joel or brother. yeah, 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 yeah. No, this kid. I mean. Like the band, the, the music that was coming out of that house and the people that were around it was crazy good and uh, really fertile time. So it's, it's to steal their lunch money. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, you did. You did a wonderful job. You well, here we, I do want to talk about your a- athletic days because you were a heck of an athlete and you still are. You're still in great shape. You're still in amazing shape. Sure. I mean, really. And uh, and the the thing about living here versus Nashville for me in the Delta is, you know, you come home and. And your mom's cooking, you know, she still cooks those five. I mess with her. I go, you got your five go-to oh. meals. And, you know, we love to cook. 
And, uh, you know, I've caught myself eating a lot of unhealthy stuff over the last six, seven years because you, you can't help it because it's so good. Oh, yeah, so exactly. I'm having oh, yeah. to either it's age or that I'm having to work out a little harder. You know, now I'm working out from 15 minutes with a Diet Coke in my hand to 17 minutes with a Diet Coke. I even work out in the shower. I call it shower and power because I don't want to sweat. But I have a strange feeling that I'm going to need to start sweating a little more to, 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 to maintain. But, but okay, so tell me hey, that's this. That's crazy, brother. You know, I still have my athletic beverages nice cold can of beer yeah <laughs> well you, that's why you fit in so well down here that's that's yeah. my rehydration yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah 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 well mine's brown water and it's not the mississippi i'm talking about but uh, so so we're talking to richard Berge, great actor and obviously uh grew up in this great world of music and saw a lot of history be made i got i do have a beef this is what happens and and i could i could handle you know I, i've always had this desire you know, on my bucket list musically to have this Mary Tyler Moore, uh, uh, you know, Welcome Back Cotter, uh, Barney yeah. Miller. I wanted the theme song, right? I wanted one theme song. So, of course, I'm in with Kevin James and Gary Valentine, our buddies, and, and I'm, right. I've had their last two feature tracks in Mall Cop 2, and here comes a boom. I'm thinking I'm in. But but Kevin had had spent some time in Delray Beach, and across the street was Billy Joel, so they got to be buddies. And I'm thinking, oh. like, okay, so it, I get the word that, look, Steve, you're from the Mississippi Delta. He's from here. We're back in New York. We're doing Kevin Can Wait, which is tearing it up on CBS. And it just makes more sense. So, you know, right. I'm, I'm biting the bullet. It's tough. You know, I'm going like, this is my oh, shot. Yeah. So anyway. Well, that's not a bad person to lose out to. Well, well, I didn't lose out to him. And this is why I have the beef. So oh. uh, so Billy, Billy sort of played one. I like it. I like it. And he did it in, you know, in, in honor of his bandmates. And you're going to know the guy. I refuse to even mention the guy's name, nor do I accept it because I lost to him. <laughs> so what happened was the week of the show before it's aired, you know, music's like probably the last thing they're thinking about. He go. I get a text from Gary, um, and Gary goes, uh, Kevin said, go in and write it. Billy's not doing the song now. And I went, yeah, baby. So I, I stopped Nashville. I've got the, the greatest drummer, the greatest, everybody, my engineer. I said, guys, I need 24 hours. You've got to stop. And we're, I'm sending them files, and I'm, I'm writing this song with Gary, and I'm thinking, I, we got it. And it's, and it's called, it's going to be another long, long island day. And I'm thinking, that is just it. Oh, I like that. Right? Well, turns mm-hmm. out that we get the word that, that Billy had already set up his, I guess his, Either his lead guitar player or keyboard. No, I think yeah. his other keyboard player. Tommy. Tommy, you know him. Tommy. You know him. Yeah, I know Tommy. Is there is there any way we can drop a, like a cannon on top of him? Because they were already in negotiations, so I've lost. I lost to Tommy, not Billy. Not Billy Joel. So oh, yeah. It hurt. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't sleep. I still oh, don't yeah. sleep. And uh, But I'm but I'm really happy for Gary and Kevin and them. They're killing it. And it's uh, and I'm happy for him. Yep. One of those plans yeah, that you... I think you're more talented than Tommy. You're more handsome. You're a better golfer. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. You know, that that you doesn't help. The cat yeah, yeah. So we're talking to Richard Berge. Speaking of music, and we're going to close this music segment up with, with a little bit of this. So, you know, you grew up in the land of Springsteen, Joe Walsh, Sinatra, all yeah. that, right? Yeah. But Mississippi yeah. being the birthplace of American music, I'm going to let you lead us in the break. Right. Who would you like to hear, Steve Forbert or Leanne Rimes? I want to hear a little Steve Forbert. I love that. I love that. Well, that's what we're going to do. We're with Richard Berge, fantastic guy, great actor, and my brother, and we'll be right back in a Mississippi minute. Follow me on 
Twitter and Instagram at Steve Azar on Facebook.com Steve Azar Live and listen to all my music, Steve Azar and Steve Azar and the King's Men, wherever you download or stream. Super Talk Mississippi on your radio, your computer, and on your smart device. I just kind of stream it online. Yeah, online. Listen online every day. Listen live at supertalk.fm and download the Super Talk app to take Mississippi's best talk with you wherever you go. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Johnny Gunn, he's a guitar player, making next to nothing at a bar nowhere. He says, damn the money. Hey everybody, I'm with Richard Berge, actor, damn wonderful actor, uh, amazing guy. Buenos dias, baby. Oh, we were just in Mexico, so it was uh, it was good. We were recently there, and we heard that a lot. I ate a lot of shrimp tacos with uh, serranos, so I feel How like good is that, right? there's nothing better. Nothing better. Okay, so let me ask you this. Let's get into this. I want to talk to you about the difference. First of all, your work on soaps. Uh, what got you in the door there? And and just being able to be so to play these versatile roles versus TV and versus film. So, uh, so take me through uh, how you landed your first role. What, what, was it on General Hospital? Is that what it was on? No, it was on Another World. Which Another is, World. Uh, shot out the Astor Williams, Douglas Fairbanks Studios in Brooklyn, New York, out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, I had, um, <clears throat> good Lord, man. I was, I was in the Carpenters Union. I had, I had gotten uh, enough time in there to get um, unemployment. And then I had a little side job teaching squash at the New York Athletic Club, which is another long story. So I was running around to auditions and, you know, screwing up on both ends. And uh, I got the, I, I got a, a little recurring role on a show called Guiding Light. And Guiding Light had run forever and ever. And from that, I got called in to read for uh, Another World. Uh, and I went in there and I got that. I was driving around in an old uh, 1970 Tornado uh, that my buddy and I had bought because we would uh, drive up to this construction site up in the up, upper west side of Manhattan, up in Harlem, the North, North River Sewage Treatment Plant. Beautiful. One of my favorite jobs of all time. Probably, hmm. you know, that, that the, the initiatory job. Anyway. Uh, so I got this role. I was able to pay my bills as an actor in 1987 on Another World. And, uh, uh, it, 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 you know, I remember driving around in this car. My, my, uh, my dad had passed away, and I was just crying, you know, thinking, holy cow, I, I'm, I'm, I can pay my bills as an actor. And so how old, how old are you so, right now at this point? You're, I was you're still 29. a kid. 29. Okay, so you're not yeah, a kid. 20, right. Yeah, yeah, just turned 29. Right, no, I mean, I, 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 I studied, I paid my dues. I, I, right. Uh, you know. I, t- I had I had a little construction business. I did whatever I could do. To, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was a musician. Um, played in a little little band. Yeah, you're uh, a great drummer. Uh, you know, did, did whatever we could. Uh, I'm a. I'm, you know, you 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 are very sweet. Uh, oh, not yeah. like yours, but you got you got a great drummer there, Stevie. Uh, but yeah, I I uh, did whatever I could to make money, <clears throat> support myself, and all of a sudden, I, you know, my first gig was another world. Did a year and a half on that, and then went to a show called One Life to Live, and 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 then uh, I got into a fight with the producer. And um, and I got fired that day. Fantastic! Uh, he was Did one you? of these sweaters over the shoulders types. Yeah. Everybody, you know, walked around quaking, you know, quaking in their boots. Right. <laughs> and you, you I obviously really have a hard time. Yeah. yeah, I don't like bullies and tyrants. Right. And 
Especially one that wears a sweater over his shoulders, right? Exactly. Oh, don't get me going. Yeah, I will. So, I will get you going. I went, <laughs> then from there, I went on uh, as the world turns. Uh, did uh, I don't know a year or so on that, or and then I got uh, I, I got booked a nighttime show with the incomparable Glenn Larson, um, who his uh, his credits were you know McLeod and Fall yeah, Guy, of course, and Quincy and. He co-created co, uh, uh, um, uh, Magnum and Battlestar Galactic and on and on and on and on and on and Knight Rider. So I, that was my first nighttime gig, but I had just gotten done with uh, As World Turns. And then I moved to California and did a year on uh, Days of Our Lives. Right. And then I just started doing a ton of nighttime and, 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 and uh, movies. And, um, and then just a year and a half ago, I did General Hospital for a, uh, about a year and a half. So, those, so these these roles at this point do they do they start coming to you? Your manager calls, your agent calls, and goes, "Look, they want." I mean, are there, there's no reading for stuff like this. They sort of know. Right. What they the want. last one, the General Hospital. They, you know, I went in there and I met with the producer, and uh, I'd known the I I knew the casting director for General Hospital, and I was in part a part of this uh, young actors development uh, core that a, ABC had put together in 1985, and so I'd known him from back then. And uh, he said, you know, I've been trying to get you on the show for a while, pop, pop, pop. And uh, I didn't have to read for it. But I read for stuff, man. Oh, yeah. I, I still get rejected more than I get accepted. Well, yeah, we all do. So that's part <laughs> of the deal. I mean, you know, it's, it's the it's the batting average that you can be successful. You can go for one, you know, one for 30. And obviously, if you're playing exactly. baseball, it's not working out. But it's, you know, if you're that's, shooting a basketball, right. shooting threes, one for 30 is not, you're not going anywhere. But but you just need that right. one yes, you know, and then it goes for a while. Yeah. So, and it proves that exactly. it also proves that everybody else, the other twenty nine, were wrong, which is fantastic. So, anyway, that's, that's <laughs> exactly. the way I always look at. It. Listen, you're talking to the guy that didn't have his first hit until he was thirty seven. I was thirty seven, oh, so I was really stubborn and hard headed, mm. and and in love with it. Anyway, yeah, but in love with what I with with what I'm still doing, and it's just. I mean, it's just who I am, and it's what makes me happy. You know, it makes me feel right, and it's how I'm able to yep. to, to feel yep. good about, you know, it's, I feel like it's what I was born to do, uh, and it wasn't an accident. I was hanging out behind my dad's liquor store and was attracted to the whole world in arts. I just was, you know, yeah. I, you know, I, I you know, won to win state titles in, in sports and here and there, but uh, obviously failed way more than succeeded, and, and it got me ready for uh, – for you know the music business which is similar and you can work as hard as you want and sometimes you just don't get there and um i I finished second a lot and there's no party when you finish second you know i want to talk about like desperate housewives you didn't have the role until like season two or three what when what was going on with that well you know funny enough i had to audition they asked me to come in and read for the plumber Go in and I read for, I meet the producer, Mark Cherry, the guy who wrote Desperate Housewives, and I go in uh, with the director. And I just thought those guys, I, I could see, they were at, yeah, at loggerheads. They were bickering about this and that. I liked this, the concept. And I said, this is going to be a disaster. Let me back away from this. And my manager had said, you know, we think they want this other guy who got the job because right. he's coming off another show and ABC needs to pick up his contract. And he was terrific, good-looking, wonderful, terrific actor. And I said, yep, that's probably a good choice. And, and, and uh, like Grant's show, you know, and I said, I had that intuition. And so this other gig came up and I, I said, let me go down there. I'd rather go south than drive up to L.A. I can surf on the way to work. It's a bird in the hand. It's a great group of people. And I'm not going to have to get in the middle of this whole thing with the producer and the director. Right. So 
That show goes maybe 13 episodes. It got canceled. They call me back in to read for uh, uh, this guy, Carl, Terry Hatcher's ex-husband. And I just, you know, shifted the gear and went in a different way and had a whole ton of fun in the audition, not caring one way or the other. You and, Did you uh, read your I script? You did read the script, obviously, right? No, I didn't read. I read the, I actually did read the pilot <laughs> back when I read for the plumber. You're never going to learn, are you? I love it. I love uh, that. Exactly. About you. Exactly. So, no, I just went in and read for the sides, but it, I, I, with the sides, with the excerpts of the script uh, for this role. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another. And I. Uh, I got the gig. I remember showing up, talking to Terry, and Terry was like, I don't know what we're doing here. We might be doing crap here. He said, <laughs> it was hilarious. And then all of a sudden, boom, it just... It, it, it took off, right. It, it just took off. I mean, is there any sort of... Do, do, looking back a little bit, we're talking to Richard Berge, uh, great actor, great friend. I want to ask you, what, what do you feel makes the magic happen when it just works i mean it, it, can you look back and go oh that's why every time is there something is there is there some common thread that you've noticed is it the people you're working with is there a sort of uh uh camaraderie you know you know that other shows worked uh, is it the writers is it a combination of everything what makes it make it a success you know i'm that's a darn fine question it's kind of it's the same question I would pose to you. You know, your songs <clears throat> are, are so beautiful, and, and so, you know, like one of my uh, my wife's one of my favorite songs. Uh, one of her favorite songs is is one of yours. So, it's it's kind of like what's the difference between writing a song that's just off the charts beautiful and having it go just you know bonkers. There's right. some weird thing that happens. I can't figure it out. Uh, it might have to do with. Uh, you know, something that's way past you and I and our, our, uh, our basic understanding. I'm a bit of a Neanderthal when it comes to things. I just go, for, you know, I'm still a guy who thinks, you know, $500 a week, you know, putting up sheetrock is a great living. Yeah. So I have no idea how, how it all works, brother. I swear to God. You know, seeing someone like Joe Walsh who grew up in my house. Right. And all of a sudden, this guy's, you know, he's he's up there with Paul McCartney in the pantheon of, yeah, of rock it's, gods. It's, it's ridiculous. So I, you know, right. I mean, like, I have no idea because that guy's a consummate screw up. Right. Oh, no, no. I'm going to talk to you, you know, Bill, about we're We're talking to Richard Berg. He has uh, got razor in hand. Stand by, everybody. Uh, you are in a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. Say I'm going to be the devil to see my angel tonight. There's a little piece of heaven down a snaggy Louisiana road. A sweeter than a taste of homemade wine and hotter than Tabasco. The retreads, right foot full of lead Hands slowing down for alligators, cobbleheads I can run away train, barreling down the line Yeah, I'm gonna be the devil to see No other news team covers the Magnolia State like News Mississippi On air with reports every hour and breaking news as it happens News Mississippi at newsms.fm the official news provider for Super Talk Mississippi. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I get the ball with a game on the line. I know what I want and I don't change my mind. I'm not 
telling tales out of school, just speaking the truth. Hey everybody, I'm Steve Azar. You're in a Mississippi Minute. We're with uh, my pal Richard Berge. A lot of people call him Dick. I still call him Richard. And uh, speaking of Joe Walsh, we were talking about Joe Walsh growing up in your backyard. He moved down to Memphis when I was a teenager. And our band had become really hot in Memphis. And not that we were that good, but by God, I thought we were. And I was writing all my own stuff. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, back then, sort of you were at the mercy of the guys you were playing with. So musically, my songs came out how the guys articulated them and and that's just the way it is and that way it's always been uh, I, I figured out in in the long run it took me a lot of years to figure out how i can control the situation and get things like i wanted and let them play their way but but sort of paint early and then all of a sudden they had to play like they play but it worked out and it, it didn't sound like i was just singing a song that i wrote that ended up being something else you know so so i learned how to sort of uh, do that but back in that day i used to wear these moccasins and, and gwen fell in love with me and i'd had these big headbands i had my butt cut out <laughs> of my jeans go up to like oh up to all the way to like the knees the no moccasins. man i look i, I think I, I don't know what it was but then i'd pad this I'd, yeah yeah i had and then i'd have these uh jeans that all can gwen still got them all there i must have 20 pair and they and they had the butts cut out and i had this lady that was so material in them why would i cut the butts out and put other material so I'm there one night playing in Memphis, and Joe Walsh had moved there, and he had this guy wow. that drove him around yeah. in a little bug uh, Volkswagen, and so right. and he'd come right. in, oh, yeah. and he'd tell everybody, what you play, what you play, what you play. So anyway, that, that's the, my only experience with Joe Walsh, and also uh, I, when I toured Bob Seger for that in 06, 07, uh, Joe was the next one on deck. He toured with Bob the next tour that that bob went out and they would call me and go the guys and they would go if joe can't do it uh is you know is there some you know chance that maybe you can go out and do it and joe was able i think to do wow. all the gigs so it sort of worked out so there's my that's me and your common ground there um crazy Damn, that's amazing crazy mm. that you grew yeah. up w with him and, and bob Seeger, yeah that's yeah another, well another titan it's amazing man it's it is amazing the people we've gotten to know and and be around and obviously your brother is just so respected in the business and and just to be that versatile uh he's one of those few cats like in nashville uh there's a guy named chad cromwell there i mean there's a group of them yeah. that you go to that you mm -hmm. could say you know we're gonna play uh anything any sort of style of music and they just get it he spends a lot of time yep. on the road with neil young as well so uh oh, he's wow. he's a really really good guy and and uh, just a great drummer he's from memphis so he's got you know memphis had that mm. thing that you guys obviously had in your backyard uh and there was a, a lot of music uh going on all the stacks baby right oh no no you're dang right dang right well you know we claim mississippi claims it and we should because joe walsh and anybody else i feel like they wouldn't exist or wouldn't be the players that they are if it wasn't for the influence it all started right here um yeah, exactly. mississippi exactly. just is the birthplace of it all and that's and the birthplace yeah we, we celebrate and, and, and memphis was the incubator yeah yeah no it was and yet chicago obviously a lot of our guys went to chicago and then you had detroit and you had yeah. you had the jersey you had jersey at springsteen which i became a really big fan of and and it's so so funny that uh bruce's sister pam ended up shooting a couple of my uh my photo shoots for my record covers uh, after I got to oh, know no her, kidding. yeah, and we've gotten to be buddies, oh, wow. and yeah, yeah. And she said she sent him Christmas presents, a, a couple years, a couple albums in a row, were my records, and and I said, my God, he's going to use them as coasters. 
You know, he's going to go, what is this? <laughs> what is this junk? Weed? What's this Azar guy? You know, so uh, gotten to know some great people and and obviously. OK, so what? So you're going to let's talk about your grooming uh, just before we go. Uh, you're going to you've got this beard that's growing, growing pretty, pretty big. Is there a way that we can get a before and after picture so that we can post? When you know, do? I think I'll I think I will do that for you, brother. Yeah, That's, I'll I love have my wife uh, snap a snap a before and after. Uh, I, I think I'll just leave a mustache and a little uh, a little uh, go a little uh, 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 soul patch there. Oh. I was going to say flavor saver, and I said it, but uh, you yeah, know, yeah, well, you I can say, say say whatever you want on this show. It's fine. It's, it's, everybody knows I'm dealing with some personalities that we can't control. You know, um, and so you're one of them. Well, listen, man, I can't thank you enough. Don't forget to get me pictures. We have been in a Mississippi minute, a whole lot of them. Uh, with uh, actor Richard Berge. Uh I can't thank you enough, brother. I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, I love you, Stevie. Thank I love you. you. Thank you, Mississippi. God bless Mississippi. I'll see you in June, right? The Delta Soul. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it, if not before. All right, brother. I love you, brother. Thanks so much. Love you, baby. You I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.